from their studio in the Feeding Arizona building in Youngtown, Arizona, it's the Boomer and the Babe Show with Pete Peters and Deborah Brown. Join Pete and Deborah and their guests as they give voice to 78 million baby boomers from coast to coast and border to border. Now here are the Boomer and the Babe, Pete Peters and Deborah Brown. And welcome to the Boomer and the Babe Show. It is Tuesday, November 27, 2012, and we're broadcasting from our studios in Sun City, Arizona. Uh, we uh, are the Boomer and the Babe Show, and the Babe is not here today. It's just, it's just me, Pete, and uh, and my guest, and we're going to be having a very interesting discussion with this uh, lady that's uh, on the program with me today. Uh, but before we get into that, I want to remind everybody to take a look at boomerandthebabe.com, see everything else that we're involved in besides just this radio show. We're involved in publishing books, mini books, e-books, and so on. Uh, and if you have a need for publishing assistance, some editing, and so on and so forth, uh, please contact us at boomerandthebabe.com. Uh, put your name on our mailing list and you will be contacted by us to send us any information that you'd like to send us. And also, uh, you'll be signing up for our online magazine, Boomer Experience Speaks, which comes to your inbox then every four to six weeks uh, from that point forward, absolutely free. And we hope you enjoy the articles that are in it, many of them written by people who have been guests on our program. Uh, On the program today, I have a lady by the name of Michelle Turner, Uh, Michelle Turner is a movement integration specialist and educator who provides progressive therapeutic approach to teach the mind and body more efficiently work uh, more to more efficiently work in harmony with the goals of achieved achieving increased mobility pain relief and optimal health and I butchered that but welcome to the show anyhow Michelle I'm glad to have you here thank you so much uh it when we were talking before the uh before we went on air uh, I mentioned that uh we're going to watch your 3 minute movie and your 3 minute movie is a little bit of a uh, a self-inflicted bio I call it sometimes uh so you can say whatever you'd like to say about what you were doing prior to what you're doing now and uh how did you come uh come to the decision to do this and then we'll get into that discussion um, I have a quite a vast background from trading on Wall Street to actually uh, I was a betting and showroom designer, uh, did the Oprah Angel Network bed with Karen Newberger, so and my bed was on Oprah and all of that and settled down in Phoenix and I produced a son with special needs and my son started to walk but very badly like a drunk. He'd fall over forwards, backwards and I was just told, be glad he's walking. He shouldn't be walking in his condition. And I'm like, well, why can't he walk better? I mean, if he's already that determined to walk like this, why can't he do better? And I was always told, just be grateful, which, of course, I was, but why why can't you do it better? Why can't, you, why can't a child get help? And we were recommended by our doctor to go to California to have this work done. And my husband literally in two days said, well, you're going to learn how to do this because we're not going to California. And I said, you're out of your mind. And that was in 2005, so a lot has changed since then. So you say have this work done. This is uh, obviously the work that you're involved in now. What is that work? How do, how would you define or uh, des- describe that work? Technically, the work is based off of uh, Dr. Moshe Feldenkrais. It's been around since 1950s. Um, 
we all have our own hand into it as far as our life experiences and where we bring it to it. Uh, I touch a person working with the skeletal system, but not forcefully, like a, let's say a chiropractic. I look to see where a person is moving efficiently and inefficiently. And with gentle movements, and again, you can see plenty of this on my website as well, but with just gentle movements, I start saying to your system, well, can we do a little bit of this, or how about that, or would your balance improve this way? But you're doing it all basically, it almost looks like you're getting a massage. It's very non-invasive, and Uh, I look for just improving you. uh, Is uh, is this in any way, or can it be... said to be um, a a yoga, almost yoga-type practice, but assisted by uh, your capable uh, capable training? Uh, You can do classes um, where you're actually on a floor, let's say in a group-type thing, where you're actually being talked through movement, very similar to yoga. However, we are looking to see, again, where you personally are going to move at the most optimal level instead of a perfect pose. I'm not looking for you to stand in a way that someone might consider as perfect because you bring experience to the table. You might have a scoliosis. You might have hips that are different. You might have one leg longer than the other, and all those need to be considered for your happiness and not for the achievement of the pose. You say pose. Now, that's that's interesting that that's the term that you use in your business. When you say pose, I mean, I, I'm assuming that if you have uh, a, a normally performing individual in front of you and they mm-hmm. are and they stand erect, uh, not necessarily at attention, but, I mean, with normal stance, they have a certain look or a certain pose. Is that correct? Correct. That okay. And then anything... Short or different than that are varying degrees uh, of variance, if you will, that can be caused by musculoskeletal structure or limitations of muscular skeletal structure. Neurological, emotional, there's a okay. whole gamut of things that can come into play. Oh, okay. So it's it's more than just physical then. It's, it's also other uh, aspects involved that might be um, causing somebody some angst and they recoil in a certain way or they tense in a certain way and uh, causing them to be out of alignment or out of pose, as the case may be. Just again, just not moving efficiently. I had a client that really thought she had fibromyalgia and just wasn't making sense to me and, and her spine was very rigid, and I even hate to say that word. And finally, I was just like, you know, I really have to go in and literally wake up each vertebrae. And she finally said, oh, I had spinal meningitis when I was two. Do you think that's affecting me now? And I'm like, hello, you know. So she had been organizing all of over that trauma that she had in life, not from recent one. It just it went back that far in her system. So people have their own self-imposed limitations based on what they know their history to be. Correct. Some people come to me because they're injured because of a car accident. I might find out that they fell out of a tree or nearly drowned when they were a young child, and a lot of those patterns were in, developed into their how they raised themselves. All right, so let's take myself as an example. I was... Uh... Uh, playing a football game, and I dis I dislocated my elbow, and it was huh? uh, I had what they termed open reduction. In other words, they they said it, and then it didn't that didn't take, so they went in and they and they fixed it. But it doesn't it doesn't 
fully extend uh, my arm. It's not like it's bent at 90 degrees, but it doesn't fully extend. And now whatever the lack of full extension of that elbow may cause me to be limited will affect other parts of my structure, correct? Correct, and also your activities. You're going to drive differently. You're going to golf differently. You're going to uh, maybe lean to one side to organize the way that the arm extends out where the other side's becoming too dominant. There could be lots of things going on. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And there might be none of the above. I'm not looking to fault someone. I'm just looking to see is that the most efficient way to be. And the right. fact that you can't jump off to one side because your arm's not there to catch you, your brain is organizing yourself to protect yourself, and that's what the oh. brain's supposed to do. Oh, I see. Okay. Well, I don't seem to I don't seem to have those problems, but I mean, I was using using that as an example because right. I, well, I do well. It does affect my golf swing. There's no doubt about it because I can't straighten my left arm out. And you're well, even when you get out of the shower, let's say the you know you're going to go where where the hand might be stronger to make sure you're safe getting out. I mean, it might be just as simple as that, but you don't realize how you're even doing it because it's been so long anyway. Yeah, yeah, it's been a good number of years. It's back in the day, as they, <laughs> as they say. Uh, so, what what are some of the uh, uh, is is there? Let me propose the question this way: Is there a a symptom or malady that you find most common that you treat more of than others? Oh, there's there. I I've treated so many different things. Um, People usually do wait to something major in their life, a stroke, uh, not recovering from surgery correctly, um, pain that's just unbearable and they just don't want to take another pill um, because pills just cause side effects as well as not even fixing the problem to begin with sometimes. Um, So there are lots of things, issues with balance. However, with somebody with me, I don't need to necessarily have you have a problem even to benefit from it, you know, even Uh just better. People buy $2,000 mattresses, but they don't realize they just don't even lay down well anymore, you know, right. and those things that can be improved upon. I understand. Uh, how does your practice uh, interact with uh, uh, medical practice? Uh, I, I, I asked that question because I just, just you know, three, four days ago, I had a, a lady on who is a, a homeopathic uh practitioner. And she was saying that she's very pleased with the fact that she does interact with physicians. And some physicians say, well, you should go to see this lady because she could probably help you in some areas uh, that are non-invasive and you should you should try some of the herbs and, and so on that she does. And we know they're all, we know that she uses nothing but the best and the purest. Uh, do you ever get that kind of an interaction with what you do? I, I do, but it does go both ways. Um, I had a little boy that had cerebral palsy and literally was walking without his walker in about six weeks. And the doctor's like, what's going on? And I ran down there, and he's like, you're not AMA. I can't even think about recommending you because I'm liable. And I'm like, you have a client that's walking. Do you want to look into it? So, But at the same time, then, yes, you know, people, especially if they don't want to go for surgical roots, go see this woman, you know, Michelle three to five lessons, and if she can't help you or redirect that you're in more comfort, not out of pain, or that kind of thing, and then we'll talk about surgery, or if not, go that route too, so to to avoid the surgery. So it does go both ways. Well, that's good. Uh, it, it's nice to know, I think, that uh, what uh, has 
I guess I still are called uh, alternative forms of treatment uh, are being more and more accepted by the standard medical uh, uh, standard medical practices. I mean, they're they're taking a look at these uh, alternatives such as yourself and and yoga and massage and herbs and so on and so forth. There's a, a greater acceptance, isn't there? Uh, there is, and you know what's funny too, because with my work, I mean, I'm manipulating your system the whole hour, and it, it's funny to even think that I'm alternative in that way because you're getting work done. But um, and so are so many other modalities. But yet, like I said, a lot of people see them as alternative. But my book for alternative is really it means it's not covered by insurance. So yeah. you know that's the only shame to to most of those practices. And while you broach that subject, is your practice covered? No, it's not. So it's a it's a pay as you go uh, procedure. Uh, it, even if it's even if it's prescribed by uh, an MD, it, it still would. There be are a few cases, and people are getting a bit more um, assertive. But yes, if it's prescribed by an MD, yes, there are ways of. Um, wording it and getting it covered, but it takes a little bit of legwork, and, and most people aren't necessarily willing to do that. However, the good thing is, depending on your tax records, it is right, you know, you can write it off as a therapy or medical, um, as far as the IRS is concerned, if you fit into that, you know, menu of that you've spent that much in your medical. But. That brings up another uh, another uh, little offshoot uh, topic, but uh, I, I do know, for instance, that uh, when I had my mother in for some uh, some tests, uh, and the the doctor indicated that she, it, they were blood tests, just regular blood tests, and they had some wording on there that was uh, very strange, uh, and it was one of the words that they used was loopy, and uh, and I said, what did, what do you have this word on here loopy for? And they explained to me very nicely that they had to have that term on there because that was one of the key phrases or key terms that would make sure that this blood test was covered. Yes, correct. And it just seems so wacky, to me, so loopy to me. That, when you see a neurologist for your child, one of the big words is if the child is non-dysmorphic. And to hear that as a parent, like, you're, you know, but what they're looking at is the overall structure of the skull and the face and the palate. So, you know, if there's any kind of visual abnormalities to the way the child looks, and it's it's really hard as a parent suddenly having a special needs child and being hit with these medical terms, you just feel that are quite insensitive. But, you know, it's just the way they do their job. Now, what was that term? Non-dysmorphic. And that represents deformities of the of the skull. The yeah. skull. I'll be darned. And so then, whether or not they have been determined to be uh, dysmorphic could determine whether or not they're going to have coverage. Correct. Yeah, in the state of Arizona, it's it's quite unusual. You don't get coverage um, just for being special needs. You have to be uh, specific under four categories for the long-term care of that. I'll be darned. I'll be darned. I, I, there, there's things that I... I I, I thought I was somewhat more informed than others because I have a, a special needs uh, niece. But uh, I no, on top of that, each state is different on how they spend their federal funds and what they define as special needs or needing assistance. So, 
if you do decide to move, it's a whole new learning curve. Yeah, oh, I would imagine. Now, let me ask you this. is How does Arizona compare with other states? Um, I actually am pretty pleased with Arizona. There are a lot of people that beg to differ. There are some states where a parent actually gets paid to take care of their own child, whereas Arizona, you only get paid to take care of your child if the child's an adult. So as an infant or something, you don't have that you know, luxury where you can even become, let's say, a nurse, where if your child needs nursing care, you actually have to bring in a nurse to take care of your child versus you doing it. So it's it's you know there's just that all depends on how severe your child is. I I know that uh, in Michigan, my one of the reasons my sister has never moved from Michigan is due to the fact of the, the phenomenal benefits that she does have for her daughter, and uh, the, there's not not only the SSI funds and so on, which I think probably go anywhere, but uh, from the state of Michigan itself, that she's very well cared for and uh, all of her medical needs are covered, I mean, 100%. It, it's it's really been it's really been a godsend for her because, I mean, she otherwise would have, she'd have been just financially destroyed. And, uh, and I think she's had that pretty much along the way, ever ever since even uh, early childhood, maybe, maybe even... Uh, infancy once she was first diagnosed with these issues. Uh, so I think I, by what I've been led to believe based on talk, conversation with my sister is that Michigan has one of the better programs. Now they may be looking to cut that back and like everything else right now, but nonetheless it's still one of the better programs last I heard. And, you know, and again it depends on the personal situation of, of what they are and also how aggressive you are. You know, I I was uh, if I heard about anything, I was I was on it. You know, I wasn't going to rest and just allow, because most states, they don't sort of give you a menu saying, what would you like to have? You know, if you don't know about it, to ask for it, you don't necessarily get it. So you're actually very uh, proactive to get involved into parent groups. Other parents teach you how to do it, in a sense, um, of what's available out there, because you're not necessarily going to be told by the state of what's available for your child. So, you know. Apparently, uh, my niece has a caseworker, uh, and that that caseworker works really hand in glove with my sister, and very proactive with regard to any of her her clients as a as a caseworker. And uh, my sister just swears by this woman; says she is just the best, and she makes sure that if there's anything that she's missed, the caseworker is right on top of it, and the caseworker finds it, which is really nice. Somebody that uh, that involved. Describe for me what is a, a movement lesson. What? What? Uh, give me a little more detail. I mean, you've given us some general generalities, but what is a movement lesson? Uh, um, again, a movement lesson is looking to see how a person's moving efficiently and inefficiently. Um, breathing, heart function, and balance should be subconscious functions as the brain does. You don't wake up hopefully in the morning and say, oh, thank God I'm breathing. So when those functions become where they are a conscious function, I've got severe asthma, I have COPD, um, I've just had a heart heart attack or something like that, your brain now is in conscious level of life support saying, my heart's got to function. I, I can't think of anything else. I'm on life support. So I will try and work with the system to bring it back where breathing let's say, or heart function, all of those balance is more in a subconscious where you don't have to think about it anymore. It's a part of your life. 
um, and and that's all the things that I work with. Uh, the same thing with the children. If they've never crawled before, I don't sit there and go, well, he should be crawling by now. Well, yeah, we all know that. What what can we do about it? Do I need to um, get the vestibular system working better? Do I need to work on the vision more? Do I need to work on the fine motor skills? All of that happens within a one-hour treatment session. And you mentioned here on your website, you mentioned concentrated lessons. Uh, concentrated lessons means that you're concentrating on a specific area. Uh, what 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 is your definition of concentrated lessons? Where we're going to have a bunch of lessons in a short amount of time. People that travel in from out of state or country to see me, um, I work with them, let's say, Monday through Friday, and they'll get 10 lessons, like one at two, 10 o'clock in the morning and one at 2 in the afternoon. So instead of maybe on a weekly basis where I'm sort of on maintenance mode, I get in there and I'm constantly, so I don't allow the old habits to to get strong again. I keep in there and keep giving the brain new habits to work on, new habits to work on, so the person's a lot different in a, a concentrated amount of time. I've heard that from it takes anywhere from 21 days to six weeks to develop a new habit. Um, does that? That's doing muscle-based memory. This is skeletal-based memory, and it actually okay. can happen within an hour. Oh, okay. So I mean, it's not a case where it has to be uh, drilled in for a long period of time, uh, but it does have to be. For lack of a better word, it's sort of like going to a place and getting lost. Once you know how to get there, you don't constantly get lost because that's the only way you knew how to do it. Once you have a more efficient way of doing something, your brain automatically does it. And then once you've done it successfully, then you can say, oh, I can get there via this street or I can go that way. So now you have a whole gamut of of ways to get there. Well, it's the same thing with what I'm trying to do with your movements is give you a large vocabulary of movements so you're not stuck on one way of doing something. And that's what I'm trying to show your brain and your body. So once you have alternatives of, oh, I don't have to move and be in pain, then your brain goes, well, why be in pain? I don't like that. So it moves more efficiently. I have options. Right. Oh, okay. Uh, also under this uh, category of uh, what uh, what's a movement lesson is the Feld, Feldenkrais? Feldenkrais. Uh, and what is the Feldenkrais method? Um, Feldenkrais method is is this work. It's done a lot more with classes, um, a lot more uh, adult base. But again, it's just uh, movement patterns. I'm just a practitioner in this field. Um, we all have our own names on our on our doors. But it's been around, like I said, since the 50s. Uh, he had a knee that was injured, and he didn't opt for surgery, and he decided he could work on himself, and then he could work on other people, and and people from around the world do this work. So is there, uh, is there a Michelle Turner method? No, there's not, no. There's nothing that, uh, so you're an advocate of what you know works, basically. Correct. Uh, now, people do feel comfortable as if there's no two doctors are saying there's no two plumbers. You know, I have people, like I said, come from around the world to see me, and, and that's you know, because they see me on the videos on YouTube or they're just more comfortable because I have experience that my son with special needs or for whatever reason, but um, that's where I enjoy my business. Do you work primarily with special needs or do you work with 
all needs, regardless of who may have them? I work with all needs. I mean, my love is definitely the children, just because, especially when they don't have a voice. I mean, my son couldn't even say mom at four, but I saw his potential as a child, you know, and I, I know I was different, and they were, everyone told me you're just his mother and so forth, but, I mean, he's now in advanced math, and he has no school assistance, so for what I've done for him, why can't they be, that be done for every child? I don't understand where a child should be limited just because they don't have the resources. But I feel the same way for adults, and especially people where they're told, oh, you're just old, you know, or just this is just the way it's going to be. And I find that unacceptable. So I try and do it for everybody, but sometimes there's only enough hours in a day, but I do what I can. Say that again. I want people to make sure that they understand what you said with regard to your son and his current state of performance. You said he is. And at four was diagnosed mentally retarded. It's now been changed to cognitive impairment, but um, he had autism, cortical visual impairment, and compromised immune system. And, again, he couldn't say mom. He couldn't say help at four years old. And he's now nine years old. He's in fourth grade. He's a straight-A student. He does piano and voice, karate, Cub Scouts, and he's in fifth-grade math. That's amazing. That's amazing. You absolutely <laughs> just sounds like you've done wonders with him. Uh, yeah, it's, so it's, now, go ahead. It's just amazing to watch. I mean, I know he's my own son, but you know, he's not the only person that I've I've worked with, and it is. It's it's incredible to give someone an opportunity of a different life. How are they here in Arizona with regard to mainstreaming children that have needs? Well, it all depends on the school system and the child. Some child, uh, children are better off in a self-contained classroom where the child's uh, protected in a sense where it's better for them emotionally. They do better with smaller classrooms. Um, we were lucky with the school split, but now going into fourth grade, you can have up to 35 students. That's a lot to have, you know, let's say five kids with special needs plus mainstreamed and, you know, different levels of, of IQ and, and all of that. Um, my son always did best when he had the role models where there's something to achieve too. I didn't want my son going into a classroom where he's just going to learn how to be more special needs. Um, so, And that's just a fine line conversation. Some school districts, that's all they do is all inclusion or mainstreamed, um, and others have that opportunity. My son started out actually at Foundation for Blind Children for preschool and came into uh, regular school self-contained and, and now, like I said, is completely mainstreamed and he doesn't have uh, an IEP, which is an education plan. Uh, in, in Arizona, uh, at what point will your son uh, be no longer eligible for the educational system as it exists right now? I mean, at some point, doesn't he, uh, for lack of a better term, I guess, age out? Well, he's going to anyway because, like, uh, as far as the school system's concerned, he's not on an IEP. Um, even though my son still has social issues, you know, communication where he might need some prompting, he is a straight-A student, so there's no reason to have him academically being, I mean, I'm not going to take school resources for his benefit when it, they can go towards another child. And since I, I private pay karate and private pay Cub Scouts, I do other things to him to keep him active and working on his um, physical needs as well as I work on him still. So um, he'll age out appropriately going through high school. Um, there's always a chance that if he starts to fail or something where I can look to getting an IEP again, 
But under an IEP, then you can go tier 21. You don't kicked out. I don't feel, believe if I, again, if they haven't changed the laws recently, on your 21st birthday, whatever, when that school ends, that, that year ends. So if your birthday's in October, you would end in May, and then you'd no longer receive school, and then they'd have to look at other ways of taking care of your adult child. Yes, I, that sounds like what happened with my with my niece. And I, she went through uh, high school uh, to her age limit, whatever, and I don't recall what that was. Uh, it may have been. I, I just don't even know. I do want to venture a guess. But then she got to walk with her class, uh, as it were, uh, and had and received a, a certificate of attendance. Basically, is what she mm-hmm. received. But she had all the she had all the trappings of of being a graduate and the, the robe and the sash and uh, and the whole thing, you know. And it was uh, it was uh, it was quite it was quite cool, quite frankly, for her. I mean, that was a big thing for her. And uh, then she went on to some other kind of a, an adult program and so on and so forth. But she still uh, somehow had some contact with the schools, and I think she's been now to the sum total of about nine proms. And she loves every one of them. Just the like schools them. are nice when they do all of that, too, because it really knocks down on the bullying. When you act like everyone is just as cool as the next person, then it then it just really helps the, the whole family situation versus, you know, when it's more, you know, oh, well, you're in this situation, so you can't do that. It, that's that's harder on the child and the family. So it is nicer when they everybody sort of works together and realizes that we're all just a little different. Well, it is, and it and, and it teaches uh, it teaches certainly teaches tolerance and uh, acceptance and and all those uh, different aspects as well, which is uh, which is something that everybody everybody needs to learn that regardless of what their circumstance. Because if it doesn't happen when, with younger children that you know of, it is going to happen with older people that you know of. So it, it goes full circle. Well, it's that's true, and we we do take uh, we take that all into uh, take with us into adulthood, don't we? Uh, one way or another, if we're if we if we're not careful, we carry it with us for uh, for our entire lives, and then Lord knows we know what what leads to there. Um, enough of the political stuff, I guess. Uh, before we go any further, uh, Michelle, I want to play a couple of spots that I've got here lined up. So uh, let me do this, and we'll come back, and uh, we'll complete some of our conversation. Thank you. Boomer the Babe are the publishers of Boomer Series Books. Our authors have their own shows on the Boomer the Babe Network. We encourage you to listen. Ron Naraki, author of the forthcoming book, The Ten Commandments of Investing, is the host of Wealth DNA, a financial show about real estate investment. Learn how to build and manage your portfolio. Ron hosts the show, and he always has good information to pass along, as do his guests. Listen to Wealth DNA on the second and fourth Monday of the month at 8 a.m. Arizona time. Tom Liggering's another Boomer Series author. His book, Success or Failure, The Choice is Yours, is the basis of the show he does with his broadcast partner, Dr. Terry Munther. Listen to Success or Failure with Tom and Terry on the fourth Wednesday of every month at 9 a.m. Arizona time. Learn how you can maximize your performance in business and in life. The methods you employ can either help or hinder. The choice is yours. 
Before you book your next round of golf in Arizona, go see what golfers just like you are saying about the courses you want to play at golfmix.com. While you're there, write a review of the last course you played and get $10 off your next purchase at Vans Golf Shops and enter into our Greenskeeper of the Year contest for a chance to win a foursome at the home of the Waste Management Phoenix Open, the stadium course at TPC Scottsdale. So check out Golf Mix, Arizona's leading golf course review site and mobile app. What are you waiting for? at golfmix.com. The Boomer and the Babe are proud to be affiliated with Valley View Community Food Bank where the food is always free. Valley View is now serving Phoenix from their new 36,000 square foot location at West Peoria and 107th Avenue in Sun City, Arizona. The new location houses the Food Bank, Feeding Arizona, and the Valley View Thrift Store. Feeding Arizona delivers food to other food banks and food pantries that are in need. If you're looking for a 501c3 to support, go to valleyviewcommunityfoodbank.com. All donations are welcome, be it food, money, or volunteer hours. No donation is too small. Get a hold of Jesse Ramirez, founder and director, and say, I want to help. Valley View Community Food Bank, where the food is always free. And we are back. It's Tuesday, November 27th, 2012. We're talking with Michelle Turner, a movement therapist and expert in helping people achieve their goals and their maximum capacities through movement and the therapies that she administers to them. Uh, Michelle, uh, I'm, I'm amazed at your website. There is just so much stuff on here all kinds of videos. Uh, why don't you talk just briefly about your website itself? It in and of itself is a is, is quite a piece of work. Thank you. I did it all myself, so I appreciate the compliment. It has been a lot. Um, I just started a just talking aloud. I do it much better um, versus writing, let's say, and blogging. I get down on the floor or on my table and start explaining it. I roll around like a little baby. I hope to explain what a developmental milestone looks like. I also hope to explain what developmental milestones where there can be problems or issues so parents can get help much earlier than this. You know, most kids get help way too late because they get diagnosed first and then they start getting therapies versus, you know, okay, Houston, we have a problem. Let's start getting therapies while we work on the diagnosis. Um, and the same thing for adults, and look to show where people can start getting um, relieved. And from classes that I taught, people like my information, so I still started doing uh, like weekly movement lessons. It's something you can do at the computer or something to work on your own stuff without me. The uh, the videos demonstrate quite a quite a few different. Uh, um... Uh, movements and, and I, I guess, techniques towards uh, correcting some of the, the difficulties that people have. Uh, now, as far as uh, this, I'm looking at this list of uh, children with special needs, developmental delays, uh, better grades and concentration. I mean, those are all things that you can assist with, correct? Mm-hmm. Uh, and they all involve some sort of movement. Anything anything we learn involves movement, whether it's reading a book, 
to physically doing something. All of our learning is involved around movement. So if you don't move, you don't learn. And also, I truly believe that every brain wants to learn. You just have to approach that brain to the way that they're ready to learn at. So, you know, it's how you talk to a system by touch as well as as physically talk to them to get their systems to improve. People want to improve. They don't want to be stuck somewhere, whether it's a kid because they can't walk or an adult that just is so uncomfortable being in their body. And now how um, you mentioned some uh, just a moment ago uh, the fact that sometimes that people wait for the diagnosis before they start working on uh, the movement or whatever you might be able to do to assist them. Uh, obviously, you feel it might benefit uh, them to start working on it and then get the diagnosis down the road because there could be some time that lapses there where nothing is being done. Uh, is is that uh, an accurate description? Oh, yeah, with anybody, but more so it really happens with the children. Let's say um, autism is not diagnosed. I think the average age is 3.2 years. Um, doctors are afraid of overdiagnosing. They want to see how the child's going to start fanning out. Well, that's three years of a child going down a road that you might not want them to go down on. And, and to, to stop them hopefully at a much younger age or redirect where their brain is starting to focus on habitual patternings. Um, Same thing with an adult. I mean, why wait for arthritis to go into rheumatoid arthritis when you can help movement at a much earlier level? And, and the nice thing about this is we're not talking about drugs here, right? I mean, we're we're not talking about any kind of anything being introduced to the body other than the fact, the fact that there it's natural movement. It's natural movement. Your clothes are on. Um, some people get worried about that. They think it's more like massage, and which is, you know, um, it's it's in the comfort of of a an office or you know with children. As you can see, I get toys out, everything, lights, blink, you know, whatever entertains that child. I allow the child to just play, and I just enhance those movements that they're playing. So there's nothing forced. I don't allow any pain on my table, matter of fact. So many people are used to that no pain, no gain. And I say, no, you know, if your pain, if your body says this hurts, your body's saying that I won't do that. So I need to work with you in such a gentle fashion to bring out a, a sophisticated movement versus this big, jerky stuff that people are used to or that's more inefficient. Yeah, the uh, what, what do they call that deep massage um uh, Rolfing or whatever, whatever that might be. Uh, that, that there's so much of that stuff going on out there. It reminds me of this story that the, the patient that goes to the doctor and says, "Doctor, it hurts when I go like this." Doctor says, "Then don't go like that." Right, and that's what our bodies do all the time. And especially as we age too, um, when your brain starts saying, "I can't," like let's say I can't drive because I have night vision issues. Well, that person's suddenly in the house by 2.30 in the afternoon. Well, you know, it's not going to go nightfall till 6, but they get so afraid of being caught where, you know, and once the fear kicks in, it really starts to limit our brains and our bodies and our lifestyles, and it's a shame. It shouldn't be that way. Well, uh, fear is uh, debilitating in and of itself. Right. Uh, and so if if somebody is afraid to move because it will hurt, if somebody's afraid, like, to drive at night because they know they have night vision issues or whatever the case might be, I mean, that it absolutely debilitates them and it limits their capacities. Yeah, it does, it, it, in so many ways you can't even think of. 
from loved ones to just life experiences. Uh, we touched briefly on the issue of payment. Um, so is it, uh, and you mentioned, I think it was when we were on uh, uh, on air, that this is not necessarily covered by insurance. No, it's not, um, but because I'm a mom with a special needs child, I really can't look at a child and say, oh, too bad your parents can't afford me, you'd breathe so much better. So um, I, I keep my costs so I'm a part of your life. So right now I'm 50 an hour. I mean, there are people that are hundreds of hours doing this work, and, again, it depends on where they live, their life experiences, but, you know, that's just where I'm at because I'm a mom versus maybe a more successful business person, but... Um, and a lot of massages cost more than what I'm charging currently, but that's well. Rough. That I know that to be the case, and it's it's a it's obviously a, a tribute to what you do in all parts of what you do, including your pricing. That you have uh, people coming to you from all over, don't you? Yes, from from I just had Madrid here. I have someone from Hong Kong coming in a a couple of weeks and you know, as well as local or throughout the U.S., so. So is it safe to say that when a person comes from wherever they're wherever they're coming from, if they're coming from the East Coast even, uh, the, fa- the fact that they're, the, that the, the parent and uh, possibly one parent and a child and the child are coming here, they're paying for their airfare, they're paying for their, their room, wherever they're, they may be staying when they're rental here. Rental cars, yeah. Uh, re- rental cars, meals, and so on and so forth. And you're going to work with them what, for what, a week? For usually a week, 10 lessons. Ten lessons, and mm-hmm. ten ten lessons, ten lessons at fifty bucks. That's five hundred dollars. They've spent a whole heck of a lot more than that just in transportation and lodging, haven't they? Right. I'd say for for one person to bring a, a child here, it's it's around a thousand for the week. You know, because thank goodness, two Phoenix just isn't ex, as expensive. I mean, I could be other places, and one night in a hotel could be two fifty a night. So right, right. Yeah, and they and they can stay as fancy as they want, and that's on them. So it doesn't. Uh, do Do you help with any of those arrangements, or are they are they pretty much on their own to set up their own? Uh, I try and do what I can. I have uh, on my websites all of the what's available. I've actually gone to hotels saying, "Listen, I have a child coming in that's max assist. I need you know a better room. Can you help me out on the rate?" I mean, I'll do whatever I can to to help with that. And you've got people from all over. I'm seeing here, as far as your uh, your testimonials, uh, you have uh, quite a few, or quite a bit of information there with regard to thanks, Michelle, for uh, whatever it is you may have done with them. What are what are some of the more um, uh, outstanding, shall we say, or more difficult tasks that you've had and have just proven to be beyond what your even maybe your fondest hopes were? Well, I'm only as good too as what the client expects. I can I can have a pretty severe child come in and and they might, you know, be hopeful of crawling. Obviously, I can't guarantee anything and I've learned that by me guaranteeing it limits myself and it limits the person that I'm I'm talking with. I'd rather like let's see. Uh I had a little child. I didn't know she couldn't breathe. I mean that she had to be suctioned and everything and after her second level uh, lesson she could breathe. Um wasn't needing to be suctioned through the night. And I mean just getting the night's sleep. Um a child having like literally 80 seizures a week and she'd save them for me on my table to two a week. So um 
to two kids of walking to I mean my son um so some people take a lot of lessons um on one little boy I see in from Hong Kong uh he stroked at at 4 months old and he's 6 now and and I said you know I think he's just tired of these baby toys and I I just got Mac for old McDonald and Star for Twinkle Twinkle Little Star and we started offering him choices do you want this so he could choose what he was going to play with his his brain just blew up. He was like, I get a choice over this? And, and we quickly went to five cards, and, and now she's adding cards around her, her life. You know, what do you want for dinner? You know, here was a child that couldn't communicate. So, um, you know, you just you just never know. But I had a gentleman with the, had a stroke two and a half years ago, came yesterday, and he could lift his arm up. So, you know, you just you just never know. Uh, is... is um... At what at what point do you? Um, uh, I, th- I think I know what I'm trying to say, but I'm not saying what I think I'm trying to say. Uh, at, at what point do you go and reach that aha moment that this is a breakthrough? I, we've finally broken through on this. I mean, it, what is that feeling like? Oh, it's a really neat connection. I kind of get. Um, I have very sensitive hands, um, but I can really feel. Um, there's almost like a melt in the muscles, just that 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 release or whatever people want to call that that happens. Um, but the way the head comes up over the pelvis, where let's say a child was more, I hate to get technical, but inflected, but rounded over, and like the back just is straighter, and they're sitting up, or all of a sudden someone just gets up instead of you know looking for assistance or, or things like that, and. But once I know that the head's over the pelvis better, I know that just even getting it out of the car is going to change. I mean, one movement, you can see it. I know how it's going to affect probably 50,000 movements afterwards. So, And then people call up saying, well, they did this and they did that. Like, But you didn't work on it. And I'm like, well, yeah, I did work on it. But, you know, they're just implementing it now into different areas. So it's, it's neat. It's like the baby taking the first steps. It is. It's it's just wonder, and I've had a lot of that too, you know. Or my little boy that had a, has a neurological sleep apnea and had to be in the hospital for four months, and I really tried to prove with him that it was the four months in the hospital that caused the delay, not the sleep apnea. And he's totally on track, running and walking, except for his voice because of the um, the trach that they're working with. But um, there's no delays in his fine motors or gross motor skills where. You know, he was just kind of laying there when I got him, and it happened to be a child of a client's already, so it was just a bonus because you know I was so close with him. But it's neat. Yeah, I would I would imagine it really is very fulfilling when something uh, when it all comes together, isn't it? It is because it's them doing the work. I'm, I mean, I'm 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 touching you, but your your brain's the one that's putting it together. I'm not doing anything in, in that sense, so. I mean, sometimes I have to walk away because I'm just getting all choked up because you just see it happening, and it's like, this is so cool. But I know I'm there, but it's just seeing a kid just get it or an adult. Uh, how tough to, How tough is it on you? Uh, I'm pretty emotion- good. I've learned that when you close the door behind you, you, you go home. Um, it's it's rough when, when I've got kiddos that are severe, um, especially um, – or if they're going in for surgery and there's been complications. So, you know, you get pretty attached to people. 
um, or they're far away and they can't get back to you as soon as possible for either financial or whatever reasons that just are out of your control. And I've tried to start a nonprofit, but I don't have my 501c3 yet, so, you know, I can't help out more there. And, you know, so you just do what you can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes you, at various points in time, you are limited as to how far you can go. And it's, and it's a shame because, you know, there's so much more to do and so much further to go. Or I can't get you to you this week because I'm busy. I mean, you know, I, I can't I can't be five of me. or So it adds up. But I think for the most part I keep it in check because, you know, I see what my son's doing and I, I see what other people are doing. and it, It's all good. Now, uh, do many of these practitioners uh, such as yourself, do they work alone or do they have other folks that uh, work in the offices and are also practitioners under the same roof? Or um, I think most so- probably. Well, people are alone. I mean, I'm fortunate to have my own office and everything, but you'll see people like a, a similar to like a massage person working with a chiropractor renting space or being in that kind of um, situations. There are a lot of um, there are Feldenkrais institutions around the world that you know, like in New York, where there's there's a bulk or they're established in, in large areas in Europe and Europe and around, but not all of them do children, let's say, or uh, some people only work with professionals, dancers, sports people. I, I work with everybody, but, you know, some people have their specialties, so it all depends on where you're going. Right. Now, do you network with other professionals other than what you do? I mean, uh, do you do you seek out doctors, chiropractors, whatever the case might be, uh, and, and avail yourself, uh, avail them of your services? Uh, telling them, hey, I'm here, You know, send your people here if, if there's a need. Uh, do you get involved in that kind of a networking process? I'm here, and also I, I've saved a couple people by saying um, ER that way um, because they, they don't understand where their pain's coming from. And I've, I'm not a doctor or a medical practitioner, but I've felt up enough bodies that I know when there's there's a problem, uh, especially with the, with the kids as well as the adults. But um, I don't recommend doctors lightly, especially my son's. They didn't find his infection for over three years. I, I went through here, UCSD, Tucson. I mean, I've been to doctors with my own child, so I know what it's like, too, when a doctor says, oh, I can't find anything, and I'm like, you need to be more aggressive. This is where you need to go. And um, I try to recommend that way, too, because there's no sense for a child trying to work so hard to walk when they're still so sick. You know what I mean? I mean, they know they have to work on their their physical skills, but they need to get better, too. And... Um, and a lot of these kids don't necessarily, they don't have the answers right away, but instead of saying, I don't know what to do here, I want to refer you, they, they act like that's the closed door. And right. um, not always the case. And for adults, too. You know, you've heard sure. cases where people are told they had the flu and it's really valley fever and it took several doctors to find out what was wrong with them. Well, when I had my valley fever, it took a while for me to get checked. I mean, I kept going back and kept going back. This is in Southern California. I kept going back on a regular basis, and before you know it, they finally said, well, maybe we should take a chest X-ray. Yeah. <laughs> but you possibly had insurance, so you can do all these things. But when you're dealing with someone, and maybe their insurance is limited or on their own cash basis, they have no opportunity to be aggressive. And it's a shame that you had to be aggressive, and then it's a shame where someone else is just not even getting help. Right, right. So, yeah, it, it does make a difference when you when you have the uh, when you have the wherewithal. There's no there's no doubt about it because I've been on both sides. Of, I've been on both sides of that coin, and, uh, and there's 
Definitely a difference. Definitely a difference. Well, uh, Michelle, we're getting down to the short rows here, and uh, I want to make sure that uh, you have an opportunity to give what we call your shameless self-promotion. Tell us anything that you want people to know about how they can get hold of you, where they can get hold of you. Give us that website information, uh, and just anything that that would be good for you to have people know about you and your practice. Um, My name is Michelle Turner. I'm a movement specialist. I work with anywhere from newborns all the way up to 90-something. Who knows? There's no limit. Uh, People do come from around the world. I understand that. However, I'm available. Uh, A lot of people email me. I just answered, uh, hopefully, uh, an answer to a mom in India that can't get to me and I can't get to her. I do what I can to help. Uh, My website is movementlesson.com. There's no S at the end of it, so it's just movementlesson. I'm available by phone. It's right on there. By email, michelle at movementlesson.com. I have probably over 160-some videos by now um, on YouTube and through my site. So it hopefully is just a a good information or basis for you to go for. Um, But again, I'm a mom as well as a practitioner, so I'm here to help on both ends. Well, I tell you, Michelle, it's been absolutely uh, a joy talking to you and learning about what you do and the good work that you do, and I certainly appreciate your taking the time to be on the show with me today. No problem, Pete, and come in for that arm. I'll work on it. (laughs) Okay, sounds great. I appreciate that as well. Thanks again for being with me, and uh, good luck to you, and I'm uh, I'm sure there's a lot of people yet to... Uh, to find the benefit of, of knowing you. So uh, I, I, hope they, I hope they find you sooner than later. I do too, but thank you. Thank you. Take care now. Bye. And that has been Ms. Michelle Turner, Movement Specialist. Uh, and you can contact, through her, contact through her through her website, uh, and you could probably Google Michelle Turner movement specialist and be able to get her that way as well so uh, we appreciate the fact that she was with us we appreciate the fact that you were with us listening Uh, be sure to join us again throughout the week as we have more guests and more information and more discussions so thanks again for joining us have a great day everybody and we'll be back again with more programming tomorrow take care Show where we bring interesting conversations to the world. Be sure to follow us on Twitter where we tweet as Boomer and Babe and on Facebook as Pete Peters 47. As always, you can friend us on Blog Talk Radio or sign up for our newsletter at boomerandthebabe.com. Email us at host at boomerthebabe.com with any of your comments. Remember, at 50, you're just getting started.